Thanks, Caleb. Oh, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome on a Sunday morning. Uh, I know it's a, a nice and cold, brisk morning. It feels like a, a restart to the week. Um, and uh, for those of you who, who are able to join us or joining us from out of town, Access as a church, we seek to live life with God in soul, community, and mission. And everything that we do here on Sunday morning is meant to help us connect with the living God who's connected with us through Jesus. Um, this weekend is uh, a really special weekend because I have my friend Rodney here to be able to, to bring us uh, the Sunday message. And this is really a, a, a unique opportunity for us. For those of you who remember uh, Pastor Joseph Rashid, who came to speak to us during a retreat, uh, Pastor Rodney serves with him. So let me read this official bio, and I'll give you an unofficial one after that. <laughs> so officially, uh, Rodney serves as the associate pastor and church chair at Crossroads Covenant Church in DeSoto, Texas. He and his wife, Janet, will celebrate 13, 18 years this July. They have three children, uh, Brandon, Marcus, and Sierra. Rodney loves music, singing, technology, writing, and wellness. Uh, he moved to Texas in 1993 from the East Coast after completing nine years in the Coast Guard, where he served as a commissioned officer. And serving uh, is a large part of who he is and what he does. Most of all, he loves serving God and his church and his people. Currently, he is working on his MDiv at North Park Theological Seminary. So that's our denomination seminary, and I know he is working his way through Old Testament coursework right now, so uh, pray for him. Uh, uh, unofficially, uh, Rodney and I took this trip uh, last uh, fall um, called Sankofa, and some of you have heard me share about that. I shared about it at the retreat and other things. Uh, so Sankofa is a journey which... Uh, goes to civil rights sites uh, in the United States. Uh, we flew up to Chicago. We took a several-day bus trip. And this was after spending a night on the bus. <laughs> and in Selma, we were about to walk across a, a bridge, which if you stay for the movie, you'll, you'll learn about. Um, but for me, it, you know, learning about civil rights issues uh, in the very much a third-person kind of way growing up in California, it was very remote for me. But, you know, kind of journeying together asking questions, praying through it, meeting civil rights leaders along the way. It really moved my heart and really helped us to, to, to bond and form a friendship. And so I asked uh, Rodney, would you come and, and share the word with us, give us a message on a Sunday? And so he graciously is here with us. So um, without further ado, uh, Access, could you give both Pastor Rodney uh, and his wife Janet a warm welcome here? A, a warm welcome. Thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you, Amen. brother. Thank you. Amen. Well, so glad to be here. I am honored uh, and privileged to, to be here with you this morning. Um, when I first met Ted, Pastor Ted, well, it wasn't really a, a meeting, as I observed him from afar. And I said to myself, that is one cool guy. Not that he's not cool. I mean, he's really cool. I'm sure he is. But I just thought that he was extremely low-keyed, and I thought that he was just one of the coolest persons. And this trip, when, he, uh, when I found that he, was, he and I were going to be together, I thought it was a wonderful idea for us to kind of just to get to know one another and observing him as he interacts in the Mid-South Conference and the Evangelical Covenant, uh, Covenant Church uh, at large, 
um, I've gotten to know him more of a personal level, and it's been a wonderful journey uh, just to kind of get to know him, and we've kind of developed a little bit of a friendship in another realm as we get together on a monthly basis, along with some of the other uh, pastors to uh, just share what's burdening our hearts and how can we pray for one another, and that's been wonderful as well. Uh, so uh, when he asked me to be here this morning, I thought it was a a distinct honor and privilege for him to ask me to speak to you this morning. So thank you for welcoming me, and I look forward to just meeting some of you and more of you um, as, uh, as we kind of go throughout the day. Uh, it's very interesting. I saw in your Faith Village um, uh, pledge, there are a couple of things that I took notice of that you're looking to commit to new practices and new habits as you go into uh, this new year, and I thought the Lord has been speaking to me because the message this morning can speak to that a little bit. And so um, I'm going to pray for just a second, and I'm going to dive in if that's okay. Amen? Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this wonderful day, how you are uh, working in us and through us, allowing us to hear from you, to be guided by you. We thank you so much, God, for this time. We look forward to what you have to say to us from your word this morning, use my voice, God, to speak your words with power, authority, and conviction. And I pray, God, that we will be changed forever and ever. Amen? Amen. At the beginning of the year, uh, every year, there's countless people who make resolutions of actions and attitudes. They tend to change. Uh, to, uh, they, they tend to change. Uh, intend to change only to see them broken days or weeks and sometimes even before they get started. Do we have any witnesses of, of us who have made resolutions that we can't get out of the first week? Amen? Yeah, that's that, that we, we've, we've had that, that testimony. Some may have had a bad year or perhaps a bad decade, while for some yesterday was absolutely terrible. You just know something's got to change, and it has to change soon. You need to change, and you need that change to come soon. And so we pay professionals, and professionals are paid lots of dollars to give their expertise on how you can start today and make changes in your life for the results you need that are desperately and are desperately looking for. Now, I want to use this message from God's Word from Jeremiah, chapter 29, and I'll be speaking from this title, He's Not Hiding. And this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. And I'll stop right there. If I were to use a propositional statement for this message, it would be you will find everything you're looking for in life, in the diligent pursuit of the Lord. 
I'll say that again. You will find everything you're looking for in life in the diligent pursuit of the Lord. From our passage this morning, there's some background things I'll share with you. I'm not going to go through the whole historical context of the prophets of Jeremiah in this case. But we know from this passage or from Jeremiah, there was a history of Israel that was laden with unfaithfulness, constant disobedience, and religion. I'm sorry, rebellion, and ignoring many warnings. So what did God do? God placed them in a divine time out for 70 years. That's a long time. Sending them into exile, away from Jerusalem and into the hands of their enemies, the Babylonians, to discipline them. It was to correct their behavior and to create this longing for him. And during this period, False prophets were misleading the people using the Lord's name. You can see that in verses 8 and 9 if you just go up a few verses. Chapter 29, verse 8 and 9. So God is also speaking to us today from this passage. He gives us comfort in verse 10 and assurance that when the time comes, the promise he made will be fulfilled. And that's our challenge is when the time comes, his promises will be fulfilled. And he gives us this promise as an assurance. The verse that we commonly recite, we typically love this verse, the one that says that he has a specific plan for you that involves your future. Your past may have been pretty bad, and your present may not look very good. But praise God for the future. It's a new decade. Amen? It's a new decade. Now, okay, I'm African-American. I have an African-American church, so it's kind of customary that when we kind of get a little bit more involved and a little gauge, you can, I don't mind the hallelujahs and the raise your hands, and even if you want to just you know, stand and clap, so it's okay. Is it okay? Amen. See, the pastor is leading us. Let's kind of get engaged here. I'm going to get a little animated. My voice may raise a little bit or, you know, just kind of come up a little bit. So if I get a little excited, work with me, okay? All right, all right. But there are some specific actions on our part that he sees and that we will see in verse, verses 12 through 14. The thing that I want to focus us on is this word seek, okay? It says, uh, as we'll see here, seek to find means to search or look for and to learn information about something or someone, it implies effort, or in this case, diligence. So there's a few things here that we're going to see that we're going to seek for. And the first thing that we're going to look for is that we want to seek his rule. Seek his rule. I want to share this first point from Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. When we seek his rule, we run everything regarding our lives through the filter of his righteousness. We tend to take matters in our own hands, don't we? We, we want to make things happen. We want them to happen very quickly. Things that are not meant for us to do. And in so doing, we worry, we fret, we get anxious, we develop health issues. And Jesus is saying that his kingdom must be our first priority. 
We make his kingdom first. We put his agenda first ahead of ours. We're saying to him, if we do that, we're saying to him, I want him to serve my purpose instead of me serving his purpose. And that's inverted. That's not what he wants. Jesus said to the father, not my will, but your will be done. So we have to understand what is his kingdom. If he is king and he is king, that means he is sovereign. Amen. It means we're surrendering to his authority, his rules for life. We don't create our own rules. That's if he is king. That means we are subjects. Amen. These rules are found in his word. He is in control, not us. Sometimes it's a difficult concept, but he is in control, not us. This is not a let's make a deal type of scenario. God, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. That's not what he wants. We aren't negotiating at the table as in a business deal. And he is definitely not going to compromise his standards. Praise God. One theologian defined righteousness. We're saying we're going to uh, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. One theologian defined it as his divine standard for, man's kind, uh, for mankind's actions and attitudes. That will be acceptable to him. That's his righteousness defined. It's his character that's who he is. And because we are made in his likeness, and if, if we are followers of Christ, then we are to seek to become more like him. We imitate and emulate him in right living. We imitate and emulate him in right living. That's righteousness. Amen. So we can look to Job. Job was considered a righteous person. Abraham, by faith, was considered righteous. Remember, if we seek his rule, he's not hiding. It's all laid out before us. If we seek him first, it's there. That's the standard. That's the starting point. The second thing we want to seek is his presence. We want to seek his presence. Psalm 104, I'm sorry, 105, 4 says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. That's from the New American Standard Translation. Continually means always. In the Hebrew, face means his presence. So we're seeking his presence. The good news is that God Almighty is everywhere. He's everywhere. I read this once as I was preparing for this message. The true nature of worship is to seek God, to seek his face. Pursuing or seeking God's face is equivalent to developing an intimate relationship with him. I'll say that again. The true nature of our worship is to seek God's face. When we pursue or seek God's face, it's equivalent to developing an intimate relationship with him. In our walk with the Lord, our heart's desire, at least it's mine, I'm sure it's yours, our desire is to be closer with him, amen? 
But do we actively, do we actively and constantly seek him? Do we actively and constantly seek him? The verse says, seek his face continually. God wants us to pursue him. He wants us to pursue him. James, 5, uh, James chapter 4, 8, I don't have this verse, but it says, if we draw near to him, he will draw closer to us. That's that if-then proposition again. And we want to be closer to him. I think our faith pledge says that we're going to develop some new habits and some practices in 2020. One of the things that we've always said that we're going to do is read the Bible more. We're going to pray more. We're going to go to church more. But what if we just seek his face more? What if we seek to be in his presence more? Well, there's one benefit, one benefit of being in his presence. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the way to life. Granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. We seek him. He's going to show us the way to life. And there's joy in that. Amen. How many of us can use a little bit more joy? Just a little bit. Amen. Amen. He's not hiding. We seek his face. He's going to be there for us. So we seek his rule. We're seeking his presence. The last thing we want to do is to seek him for life. Seeking him for life. In Acts chapter 17, it says this, God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him, though he is not far away from any of us, any one of us. Watch this, chapter, I'm sorry, verse 8, 28. For in him we live, we move, and have our being. Now, I'm just going to go back up to a few verses in the same chapter. It's not on the screen. I don't have a slide for it, but listen to these words. Verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything rather he himself gives everyone life he he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else and from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history And the boundaries of their hands. And that leads us into verse 27. He did this so that we would seek him. God does things so that we would seek him. Circumstances that we face sometimes is for us to seek him. Roadblocks, obstacles sometimes are putting an are put in our way so that we can pray to him and and ask for how do we navigate around this circumstance, this way of life that we find ourselves in. Remember our, our passage this morning, it was not some of the generations that were exiled into Babylon was not their fault, the younger generations. This was the result of their forefathers' sins. 
But 70 years later, he promises them and gives them assurance that they will be returned back to their home. But while they were there, he gave them instructions. While you're there, marry, plant, live. And then he gives us this promise of restoration. So we're seeking him for life. We're seeking from life. Have you ever felt like your life just lacked something special? Like something in life was just missing. Any, anyone witnesses? I can testify to that. Sometimes you just wonder, why am I here? What's next, Lord? Where are you taking me? Where are you guiding me? Am I coming or am I going? We should wake up every morning with purpose, with vim and Vigor and vitality, energy and enthusiasm. Rather, some drift aimlessly and we wander away. We get drawn away by the shiny new thing in life. We seek to be fulfilled by anything that's available in the world. God wants us to seek him, not the world. Jesus said he came to give us abundant life. And there's nothing in the world that's good. So what's the answer? Well, in verse, 20 said, in verse 27 again, he says the key to life is in him. The key to life is in him. If or when you seek him with your whole heart, he promises that you will find him. Why? Because he's not hiding. He's right there. Occasionally, I misplace my wallet. And I misplace my keys. Anybody testifying with me here on this one? <laughs> I'll turn the house upside down, inside and out. I'm tearing up things. I'm trying to find my wallet. I'm trying to find my keys. I dropped my water bottle. And it's even more exasperating when I have to be someplace at a specific time. That's frustrating. The more I search, the more frustrated I get. Because without my keys, I can't go very far. See, the keys take me places. It's my access into places I can't get access into without them. Amen? So you need your keys. In my wallet is my identity. I have my driver's license. I have my credit cards. On my driver's license, there's a picture of me. Not a nice picture, but there's an image <laughs> of who I am. On it is my address. It's my identity. And so when I don't have my identity, I'm lost. I can't prove to anyone who I am. Mm. Y'all stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. God is not hiding. The problem is that there's a sense of urgency because, like I said, there's timing. I have to be someplace at a certain time. So I'm tearing the place over, but every now and then my wife comes and she asks, what are you looking for? 
and she'll help me in the search. Oftentimes, I've gone to this place, I've gone to that place, and she'll come right behind me, and she will find the very thing that I was looking for. And I'm often asked, how did you? I, I just looked there. Without my identity, without my keys, I'm in trouble. Well, brothers and sisters, without your identity in Christ, you may be frustrated. Without your keys, who is what is your access to places that you want to go, in Christ you have your identity, and in Christ he is your access point. He will take you places. He will allow you to go places that you've never been before. You just have to find it. And so it's in the house. I know my keys and my wallet are in the house. I just can't find it. So what he does is he sends the Holy Spirit. In this case, it's my wife. But for us, it's the Holy Spirit. It's my helper. When I get frustrated when I can't go very far, my helper, my wife, calms me down. And she'll go to places and say, did you look here? Did you look there? Did you? And I will say, yes, I did. I'm frustrated. I'm just, I'm just all riled up inside. Just calm down. And I'm going someplace, and she comes, and the next thing I hear is, found it. Where did you find that? So when we seek God, we know our identity. In him, in him is your identity. In him, on that card, is your access for life. It's your image. It's not necessarily your image. It's Christ's image. The address is not quite the physical address that you're looking for. It's your citizenship in heaven. The keys to life are found in his word. You take your keys to life, he's going to open up doors and access to places that you've never been before. Later on in Jeremiah, he says, ask me and I will tell you things you don't know. So when we seek him first, putting him as priority, allowing him to govern our lives as Lord of our lives, Lord over everything. We give him access to our lives. We give him access to our decisions, our career choices, our family choices. Whatever he says goes. And then we should seek his face. Every day we get up with the mindset is that, Lord, where are you leading me today? Because there's joy. I know that there's going to be joy in your presence. All I have to do is just allow you to permeate my life. And then lastly... Then lastly, we seek him for life because it says in him we live, we move, and we have our being. We have our peace. We have our joy. In him, if we seek him, we can establish new habits and new attitudes as we go into this new year and this new decade. My prayer for you this morning is that as you're establishing new habits and new attitudes and new activities, new habits, make him first. Seek his face. Seek his rule. Seek his presence. And then allow him to, allow, allow him to take you to where he's destined to take you. He says he has a plan for you. Do you trust his plan? Do you trust his plan? This is where you get to engage. Do you trust his plan? 
It's a plan that has your name on it. It's for your future. It's for your hope. It's not for calamity. It's for your hope. In your plan for him, in his plan for you, he is taking you to this place that he's already prepared for you. Amen? Amen. That should give us pause. That should allow for us to really just rejoice in him. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your word this morning. We thank you, God, that you are the ruler of our lives. We thank you, O God, that you are king, that you are Lord. You are Savior. You are friend. You are counselor. You are our protector. You are our provider. We love you, O God, and we thank you for encouraging us and for keeping your promises. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Pastor Rodney, thank you for bringing us the word this morning. I, I really appreciate how there's uh, energy difference. <laughs> you know, here at Access, I am probably, I am a very mellow personality, as you know, and I'm a mellow person on Sundays, too. And, you know, we talked this week uh, on the phone about, like, hey, can I bring it this Sunday? Can I, can I be myself? I'm like, yes. You know, um, I didn't warn him, you know, that we are overall a fairly mellow church. <laughs> but I really appreciate him um, trying to urge us because mm. that's part of the voicing that God's gifted you with, uh, Pastor Rodney. That urging and that wanting, um, the desire, that pastoral desire for us to seek God. Um, he's given us some questions, so if we can get those on the board. This week, as you go from uh, here to your small groups and talk about things, um, can we get those on the board? A couple of questions. Um, do you want to fill us out on the questions? Sure. Okay. So I, what I try to do is taper or tailor the, the questions to the points. So our first point, if we're seeking his rule, the question that we want to ponder is the pursuit of the kingdom of God, your first priority. This is something reflective to meditate. And again, as you're thinking and meditate, you'll uh, hopefully and prayerfully uh, allow God to guide you in that respect. Our second point, when or how often do I seek to be in his presence? Okay. And then lastly, in what ways can I make Christ my life? And there's a multiple, multiple number of ways that we can do that. But in what ways will you make Christ your life in 2020? Amen? Yeah, amen, brother.